There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Prophet of Basham, MD. JB. Mike Bolina. Andy Bear Bernard. I'm Rich Bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Our very special guest, the Donnell Rawling is in studio with us, and he is rich, bitch. And we'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional body work costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. What the hell? No, but everything I said was facts. If people could really took a look, listen to what I was saying, it made sense. And it was talking about um, the situation with Harvey Weinstein. I was like, I, I know Hollywood, and it's always going to be some guys that try to take advantage of you, try to use their power. And uh, then you got to oh, dig yeah. deeper, and like you got to negate, and you got to rebuke it. You can't be, be down with certain things. No. And There's also, always... you can't. And also, don't put yourself. Like, I mean, people have to tell you, going to someone's hotel room. 
I know. For you have to a know audition, what's going to happen. It's never going to go good. Never going to go. It's well. never going to go good. Yeah, it's know? like Harvey invited me down to his uh, dungeon to get handcuffed and then read some lines. Yeah. I didn't think what happened next was going to happen. But I also do understand that there 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 are women that do, do, are in some real situations where people really use their power against them mm-hmm. and assault them. And the unfortunate thing about it is that you know you never want to be in a situation where you try to decide which one is what. And if a woman has ever felt like they were violated, the first thought in your mind should be like that's disgusting and despicable, and you can't like. Feed that with like, oh, this chick was trying to get money. She lied, and that's kind of the way it's going. Like, you men in, in certain situations, people don't know what to think anymore. That's very true. And, and women who are in Hollywood can be desperate for a part. They want they can, to work. Yeah. And it's the truth. And Whoopi Goldberg said she said, "Don't take the bait." You know, and what it's, it has to. And, the, and when I when I when I, when I'm saying that, what I mean is like, like okay, you can't say, oh. I did this because I was concerned about my career and everything. Something has to go where you have more morals and you're like, maybe it'll be a little harder for me. Maybe I have to go to another studio or whatever, but I'm not doing this or taking part of this for the sake of my career. You got to say no to that at some point. Because mm-hmm. men are going to be dogs. You said it. You know? I, you, 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 that's it. That's all. And I've, I kind of, I've alluded to that. Is that it's a hormonal kind of a thing. Yeah. And men and women have certain interactions. I was just in the operating room earlier. I did some surgery, and I'm there. And I was, you know, you're, and when you're working there, I am right next to a nurse, like right touching her all the time, just because the close proximity. Right. And you, and you just can't, you can't have that. But it's a normal thing for men to act out like that. Right. Because it's hormonal. And it is weird. Well, I shouldn't say yeah. normal. I should say, it, I don't know, it's healthy, but it's a normal thing for for them to yeah. do that. But I, I will say with all the stuff, um, the, everything that's going on, that it's created conversation and it's opening up a lot of people's eyes to a lot of things. It's opening up eyes for the women and it's opening up eyes for the men. Like things that you thought was just like locker room talk and things like, oh, cool, yeah, I'm just being a man. You, you It makes you second right. guess everything, right. which is going to be better for everybody. I think my approach to it is pretty good because anybody, man or woman, doesn't matter. I just go, "Hey, fuck you." Right. See, works. Well, I didn't understand one of the, one of the. One of the one one I don't understand. No, no, one of the me too. I mean, I know this. I'm a. This. I think there's some comedy with it. It's Terry Crews. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, yeah, I, I, that's right. Somebody yeah, went like, after him. Like, it just feels like he's too big and too strong. Yeah, someone. Like, 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 and I didn't understand that Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan was interviewing him, and mm-hmm. Michael Strahan was interviewing him as if he was interviewing a woman. Like he was grabbing his chest, like, and then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and then Terry Crews was like, "So this guy is staring at me all night." This me too, victim. I was when I first heard of it, it was like Terry Crews was sexually assaulted. I was like, "Yeah, these women are getting out of control." I didn't know it was a guy. It was a guy, yeah. And the night that how it went down, the guy kept on looking at Terry Crews and like giving him suggestive eyes and licking his tongue out and stuff <laughs> for like thirty. No, he said this went on all night. Listen, Tom, like I think Great. you're a nice guy, and everything, right? Yeah. If you start licking your tongue at me right yeah, now. For 20 seconds, my headphones are coming off. I'm like, can we talk? What, what the hell's going on? <laughs> like, I'm like, I just want to I, I understand it. Like, I don't know what you do in your life. I know you got your no, whole family right. around here to make sure everything is okay. Yeah. But, yes. And then he said, then Terry Crews said, then later that night I saw the guy. Then I went to shake his hand. So you've been giving me gestures with your tongue and your eyes and your body motions and then I'm going to shake your hand. That's not going to happen. Right. And then Terry right. says, and then the guy... He grabs my junk. 
And he said, and I was like, whoa, what are you doing? What's going on? And I'm like, so I don't know what focus you have to complete a sentence with your penis in another man's hand. Yeah, that's, that'd be difficult. That's too much. That's difficult. That's one strike. You know, no, we're at the second strike now. It's about to be that's out. second strike. Okay, 2017, he accidentally did it. So he said the night progressed, and I saw the guy again. He said he did it again. So the guy mm. grabbed his junk twice. Yeah, once you know for and, sure that they're not interested, that compounds it a lot Right, more, like twice. Like twice, but like, I think, me personally, as a man, he said, my wife saved me. My wife was like, you don't want to react like that. They expect you to be violent. You'll end up in jail. Listen, I'm not a fan of jail, but I know there's certain things that I could end up in jail mm-hmm. for doing or protecting. Right. You grabbing my penis twice <laughs> in a party? <laughs> now you looking at me you know, again. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you grab my penis twice <laughs> in a party? <laughs> um, I'm going to jail that day. And what did you do? I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Read the police report, right? Right. The re- police report said, guy grabbed my penis two times in a party, and that's when I set it off on him. So... Well, yeah, Terry Crews could have just like picked him up by the head, basically. Right, oh, yeah. and yeah. then especially like, you fella. always see him jiggling his pecs and stuff like, yeah. Oh, oh. it just was, it was weird. Well, yeah, no wonder that guy was so, uh, so. But into it's it. a, you know, he's a high-powered guy at William Morris, and yep. Terry Crews Man, is an that, actor, and he's going, I, you know, I don't know what the hell. Okay, I understand. Listen, <laughs> oh, this was listen, like some I'm not executive? going for that. I'm not accepting <laughs> yeah. that. I, I'm, I'm not. Ex- me personally, he's a Howard, and it's like we're talking about. You can't go for it, just because yep. how power. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Yo, yo, I'm a man, dude. You grab my junk. But now he's getting him. He's getting him good. Getting he him. is getting him good. Now, Terry yeah. Crews is getting William Morris big. How yeah. better than he would have? Oh, they're going down. Well, William Morris now is in this case where they're like, if we try to come back and say, oh, this was a party, it was frivolous. He said, she said. Right. But the guy that gave him his job back, he went back to work. I know, but now, well, no, he's suing him now. Uh, Terry is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think that if he had, I mean, I, I don't know. So you know what it is? Then the whole thing was, was he such an advocate for the Me Too or just like, I know that at the end of the day, I can get some money off of suit. <laughs> so that's the question, too. I don't Ooh. know. I'm you know what? That's the question, Ooh, too. Because I don't care. My wife or anybody would not be able to. God grabs my joint, my joint two times. And I keep on, I keep looking at you again. Yeah, look <laughs> two times again. in the party. You know, the first, I'm not thinking lawsuit. I'm thinking about you just, that's just total disrespect. Yeah. Yeah, since Terry I'm was married to a woman, it's like, I mean, there's being really aggressive about hitting on someone, and then there's just not caring that you know that they're not going to like it. Because if, if Terry is straight, and, you know, obviously he's not going to be into some guy just, you know, randomly going after him. But if he was single and, you know, like he had never uh, mentioned anything about his sexuality, there might have been, like, a chance that he was into it or something. Um, Which um, I think I think it's a little different to I just I mean, I've disregard. heard some people say, well... You know, I, I've heard some people say maybe it was thing like he was like, "Whoa, what are you doing? My wife is here." You know, uh, I well, you know I've heard that side of it, but I'm just saying, feels like a hand wave. A, I'm just saying as a as a me, and I'm not speaking for all guys. Like I just think certain things are just a violation, and that's a yeah. violation. Henry, how do you handle when men grab your junk? Well, I, I've had a pretty successful strategy. Where I, uh, <laughs> I embrace it. I, my Hollywood strategy is I just sexually assault myself on sure. a daily basis. Oh, and nobody gets hurt. Yeah, can you accuse yo? That, can you accuse yourself? I don't know. Yo, yo, I think we're going that way. <laughs> yo, I got so drunk last night. I me too myself. I'm afraid. <laughs> oh man, me one me. I read a study uh, yesterday. Uh, That's wrong. Thirty percent of That's teenagers uh, cyberbully themselves. What? They make fake accounts. Oh, they make fake accounts. Cyberbully themselves, and then oh, for the pity. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's exactly. For the pity. That's yeah. I mean, that's sad. That makes sense. That's very sad. You know, nobody, it does, it so you're arguing, sense. you're trolling yourself. Yep. But they troll it, themselves so that other people, people will see them being trolled and right. then, like, you know, think of them as, you know, uh-huh. victims. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want I want to see the racial breakdown of that. All white. I bet they're all white. <laughs> <laughs> I will not doubt that they are that's all a, white. That's a pathology in yeah. that culture. Yeah. That's a pathology Absolutely. in the yeah. white culture. Too much time. Yeah. <laughs> White people want to be the victims. Yeah. yeah. Someone asked me once. Oh, I wouldn't go with. I wouldn't say that's uh, just. All, um, all I married. Some white only deal. Yeah, I was well, married I mean, to somebody who wanted to be a victim <laughs> at one point. I, I think a lot of people want to be the victim. I think that's just like a, it's an easy way to get uh, attention. But it's it's a lot bigger now among the younger white crowd for whatever reason. Well, the reason is college, but. You know, I just, Someone uh, asked me, one of my friends asked me one time, it was another comment, he said, he said, Donnell, do black people get depressed? What? He said, no, no, we're immune. <laughs> no, he did. He said, no, he said, he asked me, he's a comedian too, he said, Donnell, do black people get depressed? I said, I don't know, I said, I don't think, they call it depression, they call it, I'm a little fucked up right now. Yeah. Well, or, you know what I mean? Like, or the you know blues. What I mean? Uh, oh, yeah. No, but not like, oh, oh I'm in a funk. Yeah. But yeah. like, yeah, I'm a little, but I'll get it back together. You know? right. by, by the way, Melina, when you're out of the room at about 356, you're going to have to edit out me. What happened? Oh, he I said got, that. I got it. Or you got it, I got it yeah. Oh, I didn't know we were censored. I should imagine. <laughs> no, this is also a terrestrial uh, show. It's syndicated. As long as oh, we okay. know it and but we can, can edit market it, out. then, yeah, it's not a problem. It doesn't, this doesn't just play live on the radio, only live on the internet. Okay. And then it, the radio stations play it later. Yeah, the internet can see, see our censored version. I didn't know that. They didn't give me that backstory. It's not a problem. Right. It's more interesting if you don't know well, that. Well, fuck it, man. No, I'm just You got another one, Mike. No, I'm wanting to work, man. You keep going on breaks. I know, I know. You can't go on break, Donnell. Don't leave. He's like, okay, gotta go to the bathroom. Yo, give me that cup over there, please. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, Henry Phillips has joined us as well. Always great to see you, hey, my friend. Hey, no, thanks for having me, Tom. Oh, it's always a pleasure. It. It's always. It's been quite the day so far. I walked right into an awesome conversation. I kind of want to keep it going. I don't. Now we'll keep Let's it going. Let's talk about <laughs> Terry Crews getting molested. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I wanted to talk, when you were talking about depression, it's like uh, I've been watching that show Mad Men, and uh, yeah. I, I wasn't around during that time, but uh, I. I think it's fascinating how back then you didn't have like, you know, oh, John's depressed, he's just been sitting at home all no. day playing video games and stuff. It's like, it doesn't seem like it was possible back in those days. Like, you kind of no. had to get your work done, otherwise, I mean, they What's, drank their stuff. Yeah, that's probably why literally everyone was an alcoholic at the time. Yeah, there's no, like, you know, I'm just going to take a couple of days off and do nothing. No, there was, no, <laughs> yeah. there was not that. There was none of so that. So maybe it's just a disease of, uh, of what we have now. Well, did you, you see what, Ch- Chester Bennington... Do you see his his toxicology report? No, no. I mean, it's just the saddest story in the world. A lot of stuff. Lincoln Park, Lee Singer from Lincoln Park, killed him. He hanged himself, what, about a year ago now? Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Was it it a year ago? July 20th. I don't feel like it was that long. Six months ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not even six months. Jeez. Turns out that he had been molested by a guy from the time he was 7 to 13. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. They said it was an older male friend, but they didn't say how much older, so... Who knows? Yeah, and then it turned out that that guy, the guy who was molesting him, had been molested mm-hmm. as a little kid. And it was like, man. They just, found this out with a toxicology report? <laughs> it was part of it, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> they, had, they found the molestocytes in his blood. Oh, the really? Molestocytes. No, it's not. <laughs> Yo, come on, man. I don't trust you. Like, Yo, help me, man. You see me get set up, bro. I did. I did. I just <laughs> 
<laughs> I just said he it made was like that a up. Ball. I'm right in the middle, like ba 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 ba. Molestasites. I was hook line and sinker. That was part of like molestasites. 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 Just make that. I was about to do a joke, like yeah, man, the molestasites. That's all. If he says a medical term, you can. Okay, I get it. They've got. I think they have a 30 year. They did used to think that like being molested was like something you could test for like a hundred years ago or whatever. Really? Like physiological signs would arise, yeah. Well, you know why they invented cornflakes? Because they're so bland that you wouldn't want to... No, dude, this is a true story. You know why cornflakes were invented? Oh. Uh, See, Henry knows them. You, you got to jog my memory. Some, something about uh, frosted flakes or something there was like a that. Do- yeah. There was a doctor, mm-hmm. a couple of doctors in Michigan who invented cornflakes because they thought it would make boys stop masturbating. That's yeah. right. They really? were so yeah. bland that it would stop them from what? being all excited all the time. So Corn people flakes? eat cereal and masturbate at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Get out of the room. We got a box of Cheerios. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> run. Yeah, I've, never, <laughs> I've never really thought of fruit oh loops God. as an Aphrodisiac. Yeah. Uh, Qu- crisp and quick. But there's something about after you have an orgasm, for some reason, men always want a bowl of cereal. So there might be something <laughs> well, connected might, with that. They, they might have something. It's well, true. Well, there's a, there's a famous uh, handbook. And I'm sure the Mormons are pretty embarrassed about it, but it's a Mormon thing. And it goes back to like the 50s. <laughs> I'm and sure it's, it's the guide to self control. Oh, really? And uh, you can look it up on the internet. It's legit. And uh, Step one demand God give you self control. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And demand if it doesn't it. work, keep asking <laughs> yeah but they have all these tips you know it's basically how to keep yourself from masturbating but it's like be outgoing you know make eye contact with people shake their hands you know it'll That's distract it you from masturbating <laughs> <laughs> but it's like made eye contact i didn't know when they were shaking my hand that they were trying to keep themselves from masturbating it's like, terry cruz know what that handshake <laughs> we'll be right back in about two minutes more henry phillips is joining us he's at acme tonight and tomorrow night Donnell Rollins, of course. Yeah, I got to be very careful with you two in the room because people think Henry Rollins is here. That's right. You know, I, we got to keep this under control. You know, Henry. So Rollins. I start every step like, yeah, it's Donnell. Is that better? That'd be good. Okay, <laughs> hey, Donnell. Yep, yeah, there you go. God damn. <laughs> That'd be good. We're we'll get that out. going. And there's a Vietnam War veteran named Donnell Phillips. So there you go. Well, oh, see, really? we got a Donnell Phillips. We got a Henry Rollins. <laughs> we got Henry Phillips. We got Donnell Rollins. We got everybody. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard. My pillow is the holiday gift that keeps on giving. Long after the bath and body soaps have washed down the drain and the new treadmill has been turned into a clothes rack, your My Pillow gift will be guaranteeing your friends and family a great night's sleep. Buy one My Pillow and get one free online with my code KQRS or call my special offer number at 800-694-2056. Buy one, get one at MyPillow.com, keyword KQRS, or call 800-694-2056. When you care about your job, you care about the job you do. At Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, they hire the best people, treat them right, and they treat you right when you call to schedule an appointment. Bryant Furnaces and Air Conditioners and the Sabre Blue Maintenance Plan are as good as it gets. This is Tom Bernard for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Visit SabreHeating.com for special savings on air conditioners. Plus, get more information on their Sabre Blue Maintenance Plan. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Ah, little Charlie Brown. This song made me always want to face 
fiddle or stand up bass, bass oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. in my living yeah, he's room. He's playing one, isn't he? Yeah. Yep. He's it's in the real video. jazz. It's great. That whole album's great. It is. Vince Gerald. No, it's back when they had to uh, record all of those songs like with an actual jazz band. I can't believe his house burned down. That's terrible. Yep. Well, yep. that's Charles what happens when you live oh, in. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. California. There is a depressing uh, kind of a quality to that music. Yeah. Well, he was a very depressed guy. Like they could guy. be singing about somebody's house burning down. Yeah, they could. Yeah, actually, Charles Schultz was <laughs> severely depressed. Oh man. Well, he grew up in St. Paul. Jesus, I mean, you know. Yeah. Hey, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder, Darnell. Darnell, have you ever seen the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving? Yeah. And have you ever saw the the photo of a snapshot of them at the table? I can't remember. I just remember that horrible Christmas tree they had. That was the Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah. Was okay. Charlie Brown Thanksgiving? They, oh, they sat down and ate at a table. I don't remember. The only black character in the show, Franklin, is sitting by himself on one side of the table. So disrespectful. <laughs> Everybody Everybody else on the We're about side. to remix everything. We're going to remix Thanksgiving, <laughs> yeah. Black Jesus. <laughs> Oh, that's so yeah, awful. Frank was but, by himself. But that, oh, my goodness. But that, I got to do a caption this. I got to caption this. Yeah. And he looks like me with a mohawk. Let me move it over. Get the microphone out oh, of the way. Oh, my goodness. That's got to get a good picture of Franklin. But that might have been, been Charles Schultz making a social comment, too. Oh, see, you were you're right about that. May have been. Because they never really oh. did call him, like, the, he was never, like, the black friend. He was just Franklin. And when, but, and when was that made? Oh, that was in the 60s. Yeah, I was, was. Oh, old. now that I, all makes sense. I should point out one thing yeah. that the white girl, the dog, sitting next to her. So, <laughs> the dog's like protected. Who we? There's actually about? more girls. That, well, there's an equal number because there's Franklin, Linus, and Charlie Brown, but then there's also uh, Peppermint Patty. What's her name? Susie? Oh, the little girl. The girl Marcy. Who loves Linus. Marcy. Well, no, no, Mar- no. But then the no, girl. No. Charlie Brown's little sister. Yeah. Is there? Is it Susie? No, no. it's something like that though. <laughs> Let's see here. Google will know. And you might know this. Do no, no. you know this This joke? Sally. Sally. Sally, there you go. This joke is about, was about in the like, 1940s, and we were talking about it yesterday. Uh, I keep thinking it was like Godfrey Cambridge or something like that, but I don't think it was Godfrey Cambridge now that I think of it. But he said, I was walking down. Uh, I played, I played uh, Atlantic City for the first time. Unbelievable. I was like, walking down the beach, and they had a little boardwalk down there. And this guy that was with me, I didn't know the guy, but, you know, we're walking, working together, so I'm walking together. And he sees a friend of his laying on a beach. He goes, hey, man, is that Dick Brown? He goes, no, nah, I think it's just sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that one. How about a joke is about 70 that's years funny. old, that's why. That, that's yeah. a solid joke, though. That's, that's pretty funny. funny. I didn't think that slang existed a, at the time. No, that's a solid joke. That's good. That joke will be funny forever and ever. It will. Andy, will you see if you can find out who told that joke? It might have been uh, your guy. It might have been Dolomite. Oh, could have been. It might have been. It sounded like a Dolomite rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Is that's that a funny Brown? joke. No, it's just sunburn. That's a great line. It's very funny, actually. So, are you surprised he knows about Dolomite, by the way? No, not at all. No. Okay. I know about no, Dolomite. No, no. It's because That's he good. taught you about Dolomite. No, actually, I found, I found about him uh, you, independently. Did you? Yeah. He's like kind of like Shaft, but even more... Shaft? <laughs> he was probably Googling Dynamite, then Dolomite came up. <laughs> Dolomite came like, up. Okay. Are you thinking about Johnny Guitar Watson? No, no, Shaft. Because uh, because Dolomite did movies. Oh, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. He did movies. Yeah, he did. That's how. Well, that's what I know him from. And, um, I found 
uh, World War II memoirs where someone told that joke. Yeah, in them. So it, it it's, literally it's, from it's the forties. It's, it's from the forties. But I didn't. I, th- I think it's so old that it's you know. Yeah. No one will ever know who told it originally. Henry, I'm glad you're still doing your cooking show, man. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's the, man, one I'm, of the greatest things I've ever always. seen in my entire life. It's very. <laughs> What's the fun. show? Oh, I wrote. It's called Henry's Kitchen. <laughs> and about six years ago, I was uh, I was at home. I I was I just got dumped by my girl, and I was just. Depressed as hell. My career is going nowhere. White people it's, get depressed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clinically, and, uh, <laughs> my career was going nowhere. I was drinking a lot. I'm still drinking a lot, and my career's going nowhere. But at that time, <laughs> I, that. I was watching. I kept on going to YouTube to look up uh, how to make stuff. Like I was like, "How do you, uh, you know, grill asparagus, for example?" Yeah. And I would look it up, and the the videos were just cracking me up because it's just there's like a guy in his attic or maybe his mom's attic Uh or something and it's really dark and he's just like yeah today we're gonna grill asparagus and i just as a comic i was like i gotta make my own phenomenal so i made the first one uh french toast and all my friends you know in comics and stuff were like oh that's great and then i did the second one and it went viral i feel like you've been here before oh yeah absolutely yeah i I remember you telling this like probably three years Uh, ago it has been a while now. It's been a while. Since you went. You well, went. I don't want to repeat myself, but... Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, well, we picked up a lot of new listeners. <laughs> it's so. like, that's that guy who keeps talking about his videos. That's so was, uh, that was uh, 2015 on September 11th, well, actually. I'm still making them. I just made Thanksgiving Jello shots. You uh, were telling me that. That's good. That's fun. And uh, I'm going to make a Christmas one. I'm on Patreon now, which is really a uh, pretty cool mm-hmm. thing. You know? It is, so. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it's just one of these things that comics do while you're waiting for the phone to ring. And mm-hmm. I have a great time doing it. I've got a whole soundtrack album now for it. And uh, that's one thing I will say. Um, the advantages of as much as some people like hate the internet and social media, like you said, when you're down doing nothing, you can still keep your stuff going just by stuff that you do for yourself. If you know yeah. what to oh, yeah. avoid, it's a positive thing. Yeah. But if you well, just like, if you just like go on Twitter. Just like, you know, read whatever the front page of Twitter is. It's always going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> we have a caller, and that caller is Charlie Daniels. How are you, sir? Good morning, or good afternoon, I guess it is, huh? Yes, afternoon. Now, where are you right now, Charlie? I'm in Wendover, Nevada. Oh, so it is and, still morning to you. Or and believe it, it or not, the, the, the time zone <laughs> changes from Pacific to Mountain probably about 200 yards from where I'm sitting. <laughs> oh, wow. 200 yards? So I don't know what... I don't know what the hell time it is here. <laughs> no, we'll track it down for you. We'll, we got a bunch of great comedians in the studio, a bunch of people, as a matter of fact. Charlie Daniels' memoirs, Never Look at the Empty Seat. I, I like that title. Did you come up with the title, Never Look at the Empty Seats? Yes, I did. I've called it that It's kind of a nod to accentuate positive. If you're a young entertainer and you want to make it, which I did, you're willing to put the time into it, which I was. You're going to play for just about anybody you get to come see you for anything they'll give you, any place they'll put you. So you're going to have a lot of empty seats because nobody knows who you are. But if you uh, you don't look at the empty seats, you look at the full seats. You're not concerned with them. You're concerned with the people who are there. And if you do a good job, maybe next time you go back, they'll bring somebody with them, and you're starting to follow them. I've never heard this story before, but I feel like that's been my rule of being, being a stand-up for 25 years. People always say, like, if you get a big crowd, how's it performing for 10 people opposed to, like, 10,000? I was like, it all should feel the same. Yeah. You know, it all should yeah, feel it the should, same. It should, yeah. It helps you that you're so blinded the by thing. the stage lights. You know, basically, <laughs> if, if, if you, if, uh, of course, we all like big crowds. We love sellouts. The most, two most beautiful words in the beauty business. And I'm Not sure if you're a black man. I'm a big <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that. Donnell Mill, Charlie Daniels, wow. But anyway, you know, it, it, everybody, everybody, it wasn't that funny, guys. <laughs> it was funny. All right, I'm sorry. I love it, I'm just figuring I love it. We're, but, if, you know, if you, if ever, we all like having a big crowd. We love having a sellout. But if, if you go in and there's some empty seats, you can't cheat the people who have paid the money to come and see you play just because you're not happy because of a few empty seats in place. So that's basically what it's all about. And I'm sure you guys have the same philosophy is you know if you if you don't you there's no way you'd have been in the business 25 years if you didn't have that philosophy to put it like that right no it's very true although the only one big difference between you and me is i haven't sold 20 million records mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a huge difference charlie well i'll tell you what that is that is very gratifying i'm, I'm very happy about it. it's kind of hard for me to believe sometimes you know you know charlie i've never met you in person are, are you as big a guy as you look on stage man you look like you're about seven feet tall it's the cowboy hat and boots. I'm, I'm, actually, <laughs> I'm actually six two. I weigh about two, probably two fifty five, something like that. Uh, I'm uh, I'm pretty good size. In fact, when I was a kid, I was I was considered big for my age. But nowadays, these kids, I don't know what they've been feeding. I know. Them, but it they feels just tower like over tall. me. You know. Yeah. Everybody's six four or something like that. You know, it's no, it's no longer a nom. That would have been money back in those days. All the basketball coaches in North Carolina would have been fighting over you, but. Uh, it's uh, nowadays. I don't. I don't feel that big, really. <laughs> Charlie, can I ask a question? Absolutely. All right, sure. So, Charlie, I'm in the studio with Tom, of course, and we were talking about some of our favorite shows. One of his favorite shows was the show Black Jesus. Uh, it was on BET, but it's since been removed from television. And he was thinking about revisiting and doing the show over. Do you think that he would could fill in the shoes and play a Black Jesus for network television? Even though I'm white. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that changes things. Let's go back to sellout. <laughs> well, I have never, I've never seen the movie, so I, I don't know, I don't know how to comment. And I've never seen Tom either, so I don't know how to comment on it. You know? Well, so I, I, just have to... I think I would qualify, Charlie. I think I'd be a great Black Jesus. I, I really do. Uh, in spirit, at least. <laughs> yes, in spirit, at least, I could be a great Black Jesus. But yeah. now, now, Charlie, when did you first start performing? I cut the apron strings in the summer of 1958. I left uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, and which was my place of my birth, and I went up to the Washington, D.C. area and started playing the clubs. And, uh, you know, I've been at it ever since. I moved to Nashville in 1967. I've been there 50 years this year, in fact. And it was one of the best booms I ever made. It's a tough, competitive town, but it's if you stick it out and you got something to say, you can get it heard there. And it worked out really well for me, thank God. I think it's a one eight Nashville is a, a whole different town than it used to be. I once in a while I'll drive from uh from Florida back to Minnesota and we go through Chattanooga and take uh I twenty four through Murfreesboro uh -huh. and Nashville and that's right. uh you people need to get in fewer car accidents. Uh, you know what? It, it's it's the absolute truth and plus the fact <laughs> I don't think I don't think Nashville was ever ever thought when they put the highway you know, we got three major interstates that come in, forty right. and twenty four and sixty five. Yep. And they all dump out into town there. And I I think when Nashville was first designed, I don't think anybody ever thought it was gonna get to handling the amount of traffic that it has now because yes. it's just it's crazy. There's there's too many boondogs and too many too many tie-ups, you know, and I agree with you. I sometimes have to go into like a doctor's appointment in the morning and everything, and I go sit in that rush hour traffic, and I think, how do people put up with this every day? And they do they every day. They clean up the wall, yeah, every day. But Nashville has, has grown 
exponentially in the last 20 years. When I first went to town, the only tall building in town that could be considered anything close to a skyscraper was uh, one of the buildings owned by one of the insurance companies, or the life and casualty. It was called the LNC Tower. You can't even see that building now unless you're looking yeah. from a certain angle because it's covered up by all these other tall buildings. So people are coming to Nashville, they say, at the rate of 100 a day. And uh, I think they're all driving cars. Yeah, they're all driving cars, actually. We talked to Charlie Daniels about his new book. came out October 24th, Never Look at the Empty Seats, Charlie Daniels' memoir. Also, Memories, Memoirs, and Miles, Songs of a Lifetime, a new uh, CD. That was released in uh, late October as well. So things are going mm-hmm. well. you got a lot going on. we got a bunch going on. This, this last couple of years has been very eventful for me. Uh, God has blessed me exponentially. Man, you weren't kidding about Nashville. 1960 to 1970, the population went up by about 300,000. <laughs> what happened? Oh, it's, it, uh, it's, you know, it's one thing, industry, we don't have state tax, income tax in Nashville. Yeah. Some people are moving there from the high tax states. Or in, I should say, I should say Tennessee, not just Nashville. Uh, something I found out that I never thought about, uh, it is so centrally located, it's an ideal place for businesses. Because it cuts way down on their shipping costs. Yeah. They're centrally located between the population uh, areas up in the northeast and uh, not too far to the west coast, and then the southern parts and the midwestern parts, and they, they save a lot of money on fuel and stuff. So we've had a lot of uh, industries located there. I, I got the music industry. The weather's Boy, fantastic. The weather's fantastic. It's like uh, you get just a little bit of the season, but not too much, mm-hmm. you know, like you do up here. Yes, yeah, snow well, is nice. Mild, mild six weather. feet of snow yeah. is not nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we never get six feet of snow. We get, we get, uh, you know, uh, three inches of snow can throw Middle Tennessee into a, a flurry. That's true. Believe me. I mean, it's just because people don't know how to drive in it, mm-hmm. and uh, they they either try to to drive too hard or try to drive too too slow, and it's just a mess. As always, you talking about you come through there sometime when it's been a snowstorm. If you want to see some wrecks, for sure. <laughs> well, even in Minnesota, people live here for 70 years driving in the snow, and yet every year it's like we get another couple hundred car wrecks in the first day of snow. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> nah. Well, it's it's a different, it's different, especially in places like us that don't get snow. Yeah. I mean, you know, we don't. Nine inches, the biggest snowstorm I've ever seen in Tennessee, I think it was 11 inches. That was the one time many, many years ago, and it just shut everything down. and. Uh, I remember one year uh, we had several small snowstorms and we were we lived out the country. And my son was in uh, school riding school bus. He didn't go to school the whole month of January because they couldn't get school buses <laughs> on the secondary roads. Huh. There you go. We don't have the equipment to handle it. You know, we don't get enough snow to buy that heavy equipment to handle it. So it takes a little while to get the roads fixed up when they, we do get a snowstorm. But Charlie, can you? It's stay? A, a wonderful place. To can live. you stay with us through a two-minute break? Is that all right? I can do that. I all right, that. sir. We'll be right back in two minutes. Tom Bernard Show. Everybody smiling, people on the go Got a real good feeling from my head to my toe It must be Christmas time down south Magnificent. Charlie Daniels, our special guest, also in the studio Henry Phillips is at Acme tonight and tomorrow night Dunnell Rawlings, he's out at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy tonight, tomorrow night, a Sunday show as well. But he's too busy now texting his wife or girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> what are you, 
What do you got going? No, I was just uh, responding to a good friend of mine. I won't be able to make his son's birthday party. Oh. Yeah. That'll all work. Charlie, I was just looking at uh, Volunteer Jam 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing. Three Doors Down, Luke Bryan, Kid Rock, Chris Stapleton. Uh, do you mind if we talk for about 30 seconds about Chris Stapleton? Absolutely. He's one of, my favorite, one of my favorites. Oh, my God. He has just come on like there's no tomorrow, at least in, in, to my knowledge. But what I love about him, that, that really bluesy feel that he's got along with his music, he is phenomenal. He is indeed phenomenal. And, and you know, one of the th- things that, to me, really got, gave Chris a big shot in the arm when he first started, he was on one of the country music award shows. And he was totally and completely, he was almost an anomaly compared to everything else that was on the show with all the new artists and everything. Up steps Chris Stapleton and sings, you know, Tennessee Whiskey and just literally blew the roof off the place. And at the, that's, everybody was talking about Chris Stapleton after that. It, he, it was a great shot for him. And uh, people learned about his talent. The first time I met him, he was working at the Bluegrass Band. He's a very, uh, he's a very talented young man. He's he's versatile, and uh, I, I'm one of my favorites, one of my favorite artists. How about this, ladies and gentlemen? Volunteer Jam, a tribute to Charlie, on March seventh, two thousand eighteen, at seven p.m. Central Time in Nashville, Tennessee, at Bridgestone Arena. I want to hear all about that, Charlie. We are actually documenting this one. We've got uh, we're going to film it from stem to stern. We've got. Uh, a lot of really good confirmed artists. I don't have the list in front of me right now, so I can't read it. But uh, it's a show. Volunteer Jam started in 1974. It was a live recording session. We wanted to do two songs live on an album we were doing. And uh, we booked uh, the War Memorial Auditorium in Nashville, which is a 2200-seater. And it, that night, it just some things take on a life of their own. I don't know. How, there's no way you can make it do it. It just does it. And Volunteer Jam was one of those times. It was being broadcast live. It was sold out and it broadcast live. And it just got to be the talk of the town. We moved it out of a 2,200-seater next year into a 13,000 seat Hell, that's and a joke. It, you know, we've been doing it to one degree or another ever since. And this this, uh, this March, we're going to do it again. And we're going to document it for all the world to see. We're going to do a uh, a, a um, video on it and uh, on all the, the whole show. And, there's no telling who's going to be there. I've had people come by that you don't. I mean, it's just amazing. Somebody will find out we're doing it. They'll be in town. They'll come back. Billy Joel will drop by one night, and you just never know. You know what's going to happen at the jam. But it's quite a. It, it's a Tennessee tradition, and uh, we've been doing it. This be actually forty. I think this is forty-two years that we've been doing it now. Not every year, but that's when it started, nineteen seventy-four. Tickets go on, uh, actually they went on sale this morning at 10 o'clock central time on Ticketmaster.com. Uh, tickets on sale to Volunteer Jam, a tribute to Charlie. You can call a phone number as well. So you can go to Ticketmaster.com or call 800-745-3000. It's kind of an, that's, that's rather an honor, don't you think, Charlie? Definitely. It's definitely an honor. It's, uh, uh, this one is, they call it a tribute to Charlie. And uh, it was, last year was my 80th my 80th birthday what the last one we did so yeah and this this one's i'm just turned 81 this past october so we're this is uh this is called a tribute to charlie this this volunteer jam and we got all kinds of all kinds of art we in fact uh well i think you know we had chris Stapleton last year at the jam right uh, right 
But it's it's a great it's it's such a I'm not saying because I'm involved in it, but just it's such a great a great show. People come looking to have fun. They just a lot of people have been to many many of them, and they know they're gonna have a, a big time. So it's something I look forward to every year when we do it. Well, last year sold out, so uh, can't be that bad. No, no, it's uh, it's looking good. It actually tickets were on sale yesterday. And, uh, oh, it was yesterday. Good day. Okay, December eighth on here. It's, it's yeah. Well, I know that they, they just I don't know they probably hurried them up and put them on sale, but they we had a good ticket sale yesterday, so we're we're looking forward to another volunteer jam. It is a wonderful thing, Charlie. Thank you so much for your time. It was great talking to a legend like yourself. Thank you. I did not thank know you. you were eighty-one years old. I'll tell you that. And God bless you. Merry Christmas. And I'll try not to. Well, I will try. To, I will try to sell out. <laughs> Charlie, thank you, sir. What an honor. Thank you. God bless. Bye bye. Charlie Daniels. Merry Christmas. God, I, I, I want to go. When is the show? Uh, it's on March seventh. At Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, like I said, last year sold out, so I'm guessing this year's going to sell out, too. What a nice man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just in that brief time, and I talked to him, listened to him. I could just see myself just sitting around and just, you know, not saying anything, just listening. Yeah, that's a great you know? voice. Got a great voice. And, you could, and I, you could just tell, like, even if someone don't know his background, you could just hear in his voice just how humble he is, and you could yep. just feel that how, how grateful and how he appreciates what he does and how he loves what he does. In that short period of time, I felt all of that. He's either very lucky or uh, he knows something that a lot of people don't to uh, still sound like he's, you know, 50 when he's 80. Yeah, he does. Because a lot yeah, of people, when they're 80, they sound, yeah, not Shaky. so. Yeah, yeah. I just want to know how you can be in the music business and live to be 80. Country music is a lot different, though. Oh, I mean, yeah. there is a lot of alcohol abuse and such, but there's not so much like with the heroin and the cocaine and that sort of thing. Yeah. And that's what really kills people. So, you know what I really like about this, and, and I'm very, it just it kind of struck me during the conversation that people sitting in this room and Charlie Daniels on the phone, all these different people from all these different areas and all these different cultures. Yeah, we got some different backgrounds. Can have here. a great time, but if you watch the news, you think we all hate one another. Right. Oh, it yeah. drives me crazy. No, I'm just pretending. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, she does hate everybody. And but, uh, if- and if you know, if you knew Andy, it took a lot for Andy to say that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I just do. I, I think that's wonderful. I, I, I know that that big pharma runs the news, and, and and you know everything's drug sales on CNN and Fox and all these stations. So I, I got to believe somebody from Big Pharma's on the phone going, hey, hey, make people so that, you know, like anxiety and <laughs> make sure they can't sleep. And, I don't know. I mean, right. if, you social, if you look at social media, people are more than happy to get themselves anxious and I afraid. up in a frenzy. Exactly. You don't need the news to tell them to be afraid. They'll go on there and they'll make something up to be afraid of, which I don't, I don't Oh, get. yeah. Like, I'm starting to notice on my Twitter, all I've ever done is just done a quick dick joke you know or just right. a play you know p- play on words or whatever just something stupid i don't wash my hands after i pee because i feel like it's an insult to my dick or something i don't know whatever <laughs> whatever just whatever is, weird you thought that your I asparagus <laughs> people aren't eating my asparagus anymore. no no but but what i'm saying is that it's always been like yeah whatever's you know uh, but now I'm starting to get people responding oh. with politics. I'm going, mm-hmm. how did you read politics? In it's like, you know, what are you talking about? Like, there's nothing even slightly political in there. You no. Know? I have a sister who, she is a major Donald Trump troll. 
And I just want to write her and say, hey, can you take that energy? <laughs> Busting the place up, but you know. Can you take that energy and do something good? Yeah, yeah. No, Go like, do something good right. with all. Stop waste. Stop angering yourself. I said that. Stop, you know, frustrating yourself, and go do something for, good for yourself or good for somebody else. Right, but sometimes people feel better. It's easier to troll. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Make you feel better. Just yeah. When you're trolling, you don't have to be honest with yourself. You can be like, oh, I'm just pretending, but maybe in reality you're not pretending. See, yeah. for people in, in, in my generation, it was a little different because I hopped on Twitter. And I didn't remember. How long did Twitter become active? How long? Ten years. Ten eight, years. Eight years yeah. You were probably doing that probably from between five and three years ago. Well, it was five years ago. I don't do it anymore. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like <clears> between... <throat> 2012 and 2015-ish around then. But, you know, in my generation and where I grew up and all the rest of it, I would do something like you were talking about, just something very innocent. Yeah. And then did somebody respond very negatively. And, <laughs> yeah. and something. So then I, I tweet them back, I'll be at 2000 Southeast Elm Street at noon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on down yeah. and see how it works out for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't even talk. If they don't have a picture of themselves or their name, if it's one of these, yeah. like... That's just, you know, look, you got to have your face out there. Yep. If you want to get in a dialogue, I'm not going to argue with a robot, you know. I don't know what that is, you know. <laughs> no, exactly. Yo, Dave Chappelle had a story about that. He said on Twitter, um, uh, there was someone that was faking like, uh, he, they was uh, uh, Dave Chappelle. Oh, God. He said the fake Dave Chappelle, he said... But the fake Chappelle, he said he was funny as hell, right? <laughs> and he said, I just want to see how long it's going to go, it's right? So the fake Dave Chappelle started beef with the real, with, with Cat Williams, oh. right? So they going back, he said, and then he said the fake Dave Chappelle was saying some things that was hurting my feelings. Oh. And then he said he finally ran into Cat Williams one time. And then he said, Cat Williams, man, that wasn't me um, that was doing it. It was a fake uh Dave Chappelle and Cat Williams said, I don't have a Twitter either. Right? It was, they were going at each other. It was, they didn't want to each other. Oh, that's they hilarious. They were both fake? Yeah. Well, Cat, Williams, <laughs> Cat Williams is busy arguing with Mike Epps anyway. Oh, my God. Those two. Oh, I, well, then yeah. you'll find out it's the same guy. And he's just crazy right, going back right. and forth to himself. Get, I used to take it personal. Then I was like, wait a minute. I'm arguing with someone that's probably 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. yeah. really, I'm just arguing with somebody that would put those thoughts. I'm arguing with your words. It's not even oh, you. I, know, man. I hate the way you 140 type. 140 <laughs> characters we're supposed to make our whole argument. Is it 280? <laughs> what is it now? 280? Did yeah, they double it? Well, mine's still 140. Did they not give that to her? Like, it I it can't... seems to be. I, they gave it out to just like random accounts oh, to test or uh, something. To test it. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't good on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, that was not yeah. good for me. <laughs> too, too personal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I stopped drinking five years ago, so I stopped Twitter and drinking at the same time. That's a good time to do it. Yeah. yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. So some of the responses that people got from me were not the friendly. Oh, I, <laughs> I will tell you that. I know how that could be. Your real feelings, like my TMZs. Yeah. Yeah. How to get TMZ on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> that man. doesn't make sense. I, do you remember like how many drinks had you had that night? Because you couldn't keep your eyes open. It was very funny. No, it was, um, it was a lot. <laughs> I came out of an establishment where people like that's how everybody left. I was and yeah. I told people I was like, now I can understand you being upset with me if I came out of church like that, you know? Right. But it was right. a it was a lounge and it was a, everybody was celebrating, it was a good time and yep. and I yep. just shouldn't talk to people but it was my my feelings, whatever. Well, you're a pretty honest guy. And just somebody can ask you a question, you're gonna answer the question. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but I not think, after those shots. I think you answered that question absolutely perfectly. It was truly 
the bare raw truth. I respect you for that. That was great. And nobody wants to hear, they, oh, what do you mean by that? You know exactly what I mean by that. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, that's very true. That's very true. But the thing is, like, the thing is, like, that interview I had with TMZ and I, they, they tried to find anything to mm -hmm. make it look yep. like I was supportive of it. And that's the only right. thing, like, right. people, if you, and they do what they call clickbait, you know? Yep. They was like, Daniel Rawlings says the Harvey Weinstein victims almost basically saying had it come in form or, mm -hmm. you know, and they... And that's not what I said. Which is not at all what you said. Not at all. Which you think would be libel, but it's not because they phrase it in a way. It's like, you know, it's like, did Donnell say that, you know, something, something, something? And the answer is no. But mm -hmm. unless you click on the article, you won't know that. But I didn't want to go too hard at TMZ because I know it's only a couple of days before my accusers come out. So <laughs> <laughs> I, The one thing I do miss about Twitter, do you ever see this account? Uh, it's Goldman Sachs Elevator. It's no. called GS Elevator. It's supposed to be guys riding an elevator at Goldman Sachs, the investment <laughs> firm. Yeah. It's really funny. Oh, that's like, what great. was the explorer that went to Mars? Uh, was that... Uh, crap, which one? What was the name of it? It just... About five years ago, it landed on Mars. Mars rover. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's see. There was the Curiosity rover. That's what curi That was Curiosity. That was so, the famous one. So the tweet from Goldman Sachs was, yeah, I saw that uh, footage of Mars. Kind of looks like a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> That's and that was great. A treat. I know they have some track from that. That's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I do miss that. that yeah, no, there were some clever ones for sure. No question about it. Oh, man. Do you guys ever work with Mo Alexander, either one of you? I, no. Mo's a guy from Memphis. Mo's, what is Mo, about six foot six? Mo's a big guy, man. How, what do you think, Andy? He was, yeah, probably about that. He, I mean, big. I mean, his shoulders like this big. He's like six foot six, a very large black man, and he is one of the funniest guys. He, you guys would definitely hear about him. He's a. Very, How do you very... not laugh at a dude that's six six with shoulders like this? <laughs> like you better laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't but beat me. The reason I was thinking of him is because yesterday, yesterday he was talking about how Nashville. Because he's from Memphis, and Nashville just pounds on Memphis, and just he says, you know, they're very cosmopolitan, and they go, oh, Memphis, that's kind of oh, yeah. country ass, and we don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> that's how people feel about um, Memphis. On, on first, every time I, I, I slide past the first forty-eight episode, it's always in Memphis. <laughs> like anything that's, <laughs> that's to do with first forty, like every that's other true. day, Memphis. I'm in like, Memphis. I was just waiting to hear that voice the last time I was in Memphis. We'll take a quick break. Be right back, Tom Brown. Yeah. 